What's up, competitor? On today's brand new podcast, we're talking with my man, Spencer Smith, about why leaders have to publish content and why he took the route of podcasting, and maybe it's a fit for you too. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Strap in and get ready for this brand new episode as we dive into one way you as a leader can improve your performance, increase your results, and maybe even just build a name that brings you more business. Let's go! What's up, Jake? How are you? Good. Uh, So how many podcast episodes are we up to now? Uh, well, technically speaking, though, of the numbered podcasts, I released episode 83 this week, but I have a couple like mini roadshow special versions. So it's probably over 100 if I were to go and, and hand count them. So you're already in the top 5% because you've made it well past that magic number of 20. Uh, but I dude, know. I got to know. So you host and run the Self-Funded with Spencer podcast. Uh, I was yes. fortunate to be a guest on your show. But you don't often see folks in a corporate type position, employee type position uh, at different points in their career launching podcast and doing this kind of as a side project. And when they do, it's more like, let me talk about an outside passion. Like I know people that are like, hey, let's start a podcast to talk about movies or comics or CrossFit or things we do on the side. You actually have incorporated career into it. So take me back to kind of the beginning. What why a podcast? What what made you want to start it? And kind of talk to me about the journey it's been for you. Sure, man. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that. And Jake, I'll say before I forget, your Instagram reel with a clip from your episode of my show is the most viewed reel I have on Instagram. So there we go. One percent better every day. By the That's way, right. is the the theme of that clip. Um, so the inception of the podcast. Actually, I'll start a little bit prior to the podcast with content creation in general, which actually was the impetus to start the podcast after that. So my world is the insurance world. I know about a specialized type of insurance called stop loss insurance. Won't bore your audience with what that is. Uh, But one day mid COVID, I was a salesperson trying to figure out how I get in front of people. And I'd seen some other folks do whiteboard videos. So I'm like, well, I know the stop loss insurance thing. I think there's probably a gap in the marketplace in terms of knowledge. Why don't I just make some whiteboard video videos about what is stop loss? Crazy thing is, no idea what I was doing. You know, iPhone, bad sound, bad lighting, throw in a nice jacket. Um, but that was, it trended uh, top 1% three times on LinkedIn. First video I'd ever made. And so I kind of hit lightning in a bottle the first go round. And now it's hard to do that again. But what it did teach me, Jake, is that um, there's something there. One, the marketplace was wanting information like this. Two, if I was just consistent about it, I I realized I could build an audience. So I did 25 of those over the course of about 25 weeks or so. And all of a sudden became stop loss with Spencer. Like I I had an identity in the marketplace. That sunset though, because 
I, I only know so much about stop loss. And after a while, people, you're just like beating them over the head. The podcast made sense, uh, Jake, to like as an offshoot, because all of a sudden now I can have other people come on still in my ecosystem of what I do, but experts like yourself or, uh, you know, somebody that's founded a business in the insurance space. And I'm no longer required to be the expert. And I have nearly an infinite number of topics that I can cover with really cool and smart people. And so it makes my job a lot easier to continue to make content that's still relevant for my audience. Well, and I want to point out a couple of things on that is, is the first, like you just hit record and did a video on it. Like there wasn't a yeah. fancy setup. Like, you know, when you see your, your setup for those of us that have been on the show or watched it, like it's a great setup. We film it at makers. You've got a team there. They film it. They help edit it. It looks incredible. But when you got started, it was like iPhone, put it on the whiteboard, like let's go. Cause there's something about, you got to put something out there. And you're not always going to go viral, as you talked about, like recapturing that lightning in a box. Yeah. It's a very yeah. different, but you at least got started. The, the second thing is you were okay sunsetting it. And that's where I find interesting because a lot of times we think once we do something and as it works, like we have to keep doing it forever. Mm-hmm. How, how internally from a minute, I would say maybe a mental standpoint, was that shift to launching the podcast? Did you just see it as the next progression or was there a little bit of friction resistance from shutting down what you had done? No, I think it was, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head with the former. It was the obvious progression. Um, again, because I, I effectively exhausted my knowledge base. I could go in and rehash things again or maybe do micro versions because all those episodes of the stop loss videos were about seven to 10 minutes long. So, yeah, I could have partitioned it up more and continue to do that. But I felt like, you know, for lack of a better term, beating a dead horse there. And if I needed to continue to do this, I had to evolve what I was talking about. And so I had all that momentum behind me, but I knew I couldn't really do that forever. And so that the podcast really was the off ramp for me to stay in, stay in that world, but give me a new place to go with it. And like I said, I could see the horizon, the long-term horizon of growing a podcast with guests that come on that bring their own audience and their own expertise it takes a little pressure off, I think, from a content creator always having to come up with the concepts and the content yourself. I know if I invite people that I trust and respect on, that I'll have a great episode and they'll give me great content that I can then use and then they can use as well. So it really wasn't hard to sunset because I was almost forced to do it. Otherwise, I would have spent more time researching more things to talk about stop loss than I, than I knew. And it probably would have lost its luster a little bit. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about kind of the business side of podcasting, because uh, for a lot of people that don't have one, they're kind of on the sidelines of having this idea that it's a quick, easy win. And we know very much like there's very few Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, Brene, like there's very few of those episodes. For the most part, you're talking about a niche audience, you have a smaller audience, um, but they're a captivated audience because we know you get connected with hosts, you go back to shows, you listen to certain episodes and guests. And it also indirectly creates business and relationship opportunities. And I know for you, your podcast and platform has built a lot of opportunities professionally. And so talk to me a little bit about that, where someone usually would look at it and only get obsessed with how many downloads that I get. Can I get a sponsorship for the podcast? Can I make direct dollars versus looking at all the indirect things, something like a podcast platform can do? Well, you touched on it earlier, Jake, you know, to get in the top five, or I've even heard it's about the top 1% of all podcasters to do 20 episodes. I mean, so that, that tells you the story right there. If you want to do it, it's obviously hard to do, and it's obviously hard to continue to do. It's not hard to start. Yep. It's hard to keep doing it. And especially 
very at the very beginning, unless you have a built-in audience for somewhere else, you're going to have basically no audience at all, right? Unless yep. you're a very good marketer and can pick up traction soon, that's probably not going to happen. So the really the the endeavor is why do I want to do this? What business purpose does it serve, which it does for me directly and indirectly business purpose? And three, am I actually passionate enough to do this and slog through um, anonymity for a while before there's actually an audience ready to participate and, and kind of follow along every episode I release? And so I have, you can imagine, Jake, I have a lot of people that ask me like, hey, should I start a podcast and how do I do it? And one of the very first things I say is, do you really want to do this? Is this just something you thought was a great idea? Is there a business purpose for it? Or do you just think like we're supposed to do this nowadays and I'm going to do a podcast and like you said, have had this big audience and a bunch of downloads and a bunch of sponsorship dollars. It's just not going to happen. So if you ask them that question, usually to me that, that, that I get the honest response of whether or not they would make it as a podcaster because a lot of them go, oh yeah, you're right. I don't know if, if I do want to do that for a long time. And I've been doing it two years, almost every week for two years. Only now do I have numbers that I'd even, you know, kind of be proud of. And, you know, I, I've got the business side of this and I can talk about the economics yep. later, but I don't have a huge audience. I just have a nice audience of people that are in my space that want to potentially buy from me. And so those are two different things. Yeah, well, and and a couple of things on that. One, did you, when you launched it, did you set a deadline of like, hey, I'm going to go this long. And if I don't see director and direct benefits, I'm out. You just start. So you're shaking your head no. So you were like, I'm just going. Well, so I, I am the kind of the, the uh, I don't stubborn guy that makes a decision and does do it. Like, even if I don't, I never really have the end in mind. And I'll say that whether that's good or bad depends on your perspective. But I was never fixated on an outcome, Jake, of what I needed to get to, because I think if you set those expectations, you're probably going to fail on your expectations because you, you just don't know until you start doing it. And yep. so podcasting or content creation is like anything else. You kind of have to do it first before you really figure out what it's going to look like. And that, I'm just flying the plane or building the plane as I fly it, as they say. Yeah. That, and I, I find that just fascinating because sometimes you kind of go in and say, hey, I'm going to do it this long, but not understanding really the economic piece of the podcast is mm -hmm. a different game. To take a step back and give everybody a snapshot, talk to us about you. Tell us a little bit about what you do so people have a better idea as we're talking about everything. Insurance, when's it? loss like what yeah what is going insurance on is one of those things like really quickly i have to say i don't sell life insurance to your grandma like that's not no. when i say insurance that's not what i do and most people presume it's something of that nature but i've been in this business about 15 16 years now jake it's all i've known in my career from claims adjusting to being an analyst to being in qa and now in sales and specifically uh with plan item and software sales for insurance brokers but it's a really um, I would say it's one of those best kept secrets in our economy. One, super high quality of life, infinite amount of variability of what you actually can do. Like people think of insurance being a couple things like car insurance or home or life. Yep. I mean, you can be an underwriter to a salesperson, to a tech person. Everybody is represented in the, in the insurance world and everybody can find their thing. And so nobody talks about it when you go to school. Nobody says, hey, you should get into insurance when you're out. There's a few million of us in the here in this uh, in this industry, and it's a very high quality of life. Um, and I feel like certain segments of it actually do some really really good things uh, for for our economy and for the U.S. And so it's it's I don't know if I'll ever leave unless the podcasting takes off completely. Man, I, I feel like I might be here forever. 
So, so let's talk about that. The, the tie between what you do with yes. your company and how that podcast just launching it has gone. Because what I, what I really want is for those listening, you don't have to launch podcasts. You can build a LinkedIn platform. You can have a blog. You can write a book. There's a million different platforms out there. Podcasting is obviously the one you chose, but there's something of value to it, even if there's not a direct trade of, hey, I'm getting paid to do this podcast. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit about that for the leaders listening that have kind of been on the fence about doing something like this, putting themselves out there because yeah. they think it maybe it's a waste of time or, or there's other ways to make, quote, a quicker buck for the brand. When I think you're absolutely right, Jake, podcasting is not the only medium in which to to build a brand. I actually you know, started with those videos, but it was all being uh, released on LinkedIn. And so I discovered because the professional world that I operate in, LinkedIn has a lot of people that are hungry for good information, whether that's video-based content, whether that's text-based articles, webinars to join, providing free value to the marketplace on LinkedIn, your audience eventually finds you. I mean, I, I look at every episode now of the podcast or every post as an opportunity to cast a net, but not in the ocean. It's like in a, in a pool in my backyard or maybe a small pond where every time I'm going to attract one or two or three new people to my ecosystem. Every time there's a, new, a few new followers, yep. inevitably there'll be a DM or inevitably somebody will say, hey, I, I like your podcast. I've been watching your videos and just felt like saying hello. Um, you, you find there's people that by the time they're ready to buy from you, become warm, a warm audience are coming to you and saying, hey, like specifically with my software, can I get a demo of PlanSight? I can't tell you how many times that has happened where I don't even know the person, but they've checked out the podcast or they've seen my posts, end up on the website, go, that looks cool. Let me DM Spencer and say, I need a demo. That happens almost on a weekly basis. And so from a business standpoint, Jake, if you're a salesperson, especially, you can smile and dial. That's a way to do it. You can cold call and cold DM, or you also, whether it's a replacement or a supplementation to your prospecting process, is make content that attracts people to you and positions yourself as an authority. Yeah, and that's that's really where we've kind of gone as society. I, I had breakfast this morning with a handful of speakers uh, that work here in the DFW area, and, and a couple of them have some pretty substantial podcasts for their niche. Yes. And they're very well known and it drives a lot of opportunities for them. And, and what we laughed about is you, yeah, you, you want more, everybody wants more followers. You want a larger audience. You'd be great to be in the, you know, iTunes top 10 list, whatever. But sometimes it's the shows that have a thousand downloads that do way better than a show that has 10,000 or a hundred thousand downloads because they serve the right audience and they have the right product and, and that name has become someone they trust. And so it, it's really numbers count, but really it's about having the right numbers and the right people. And, and we talk about that with social of like having a hundred people of the right type of people that follow you and could be a potential customer is better than having 10,000 that are not a fit at all um, because they're never going to do business with you from a longevity standpoint and, and you're building trust, but it's not really helping either party from that dynamic. And yeah. so I love kind of hearing that piece of it for you and how you've been. Now, have you always been in this industry your entire career? Yeah, I started um, straight out of school, Liberty Mutual, applying for any job I could get. They happened to to say yes. And so I was like a claims adjuster for 
uh, trucking companies. You know, I was yep. a guy that had to like get on a call with somebody that got in a wreck or a slip and fall and try to negotiate and, you know, deal with lawyers and stuff like that. It, it wasn't a lot of fun, but it was a job and, you know, started my life off with my wife down here and all that stuff. So, you know, very happy for that opportunity back then. Yeah. So let's, let's look forward a little bit. You, yeah. you made a point at some point in doing this podcast to start investing in how it's produced. Yes. Um, we right now are recording on Zoom. Most of my shows I do on Zoom because uh, I love to record here from the house or I'm traveling. Uh, you actually use a studio space that we know here in Frisco. You have a production team. When did you decide to make the investment in it? Kind of what was the spur thought on that? And then additionally, how did you support that? Because this was a quote passion project at first of yours where now it's more of a business opportunity. Well, I've been very fortunate, Jake, that I have an employer that understands the value of doing this. Um, they actually paid for the, the, the previous studio I was in was at a co-working space that had a little turnkey studio. It was a little bit less on the production side, but still good, really, yep. still really good for, uh, you know, a startup podcast. So they basically paid for the, um, you know, the, the cost of that, which was only a hundred dollars an episode. So what wasn't anything egregious, but let me run with it and supported the launch of the podcast. And uh, now at makers, it is a more expensive endeavor, but I did that by uh, on purpose because I felt like there was a lot of, especially in my industry, there was a lot of uh, Zoom-based podcasts and a lot of really good ones. But if I wanted to make myself stand out, if I put a little bit more money and emphasis on the production, I thought, well, maybe I'll have fewer guests. Maybe it'll be harder to get people to come on. But I know once they do, I'll be able to deliver something where all the variables are controlled, right? And something they'll be proud of. And so it, it sort of uh, gave me a way to earlier than probably other people have an identity around that because the production value was so high. Now I am very fortunate to have sponsors and I would say the, the sponsorship levels, I, I don't have extreme numbers again, Jake. I mean, you yeah. mentioned a thousand downloads. I think maybe my, my top podcast has a thousand downloads. Um, I get a lot of LinkedIn views of the clips and stuff like that, yep. but it's really, they know if they sponsor self fund with Spencer, like a captive company or an insurance company sponsors, they know the people that are listening to my podcast are going to eventually want to talk to them about what they do. And so it's kind of a disproportionate economics versus total downloads. But those downloads that I do get are very, very warm, interested buyers. And so and I've been able to cover my production costs and spend some marketing dollars and things like that. And really nothing's coming out of my pocket anymore. Well, and that's that was really where I wanted to kind of go with some of it is there's something to the importance of having the right audience. And yes. as a business owner myself, you want to invest in the right audience, right group of people for your product and not necessarily whoever has the largest um, because it's kind of the shotgun versus the sniper approach. Yes. And so that's been a big piece. Uh, for you personally, what I'm curious about is you've built this brand around you know, the sunk loss at first and then this. Where from your standpoint, I would say, do you go into formulating of like, this is what I want my brand to be about, or these are kind of the pillars I want to talk about? Or was it just kind of very organic based on what you were kind of seeing out there? I mean, it's been somewhat organic. Like I think I alluded to earlier, right? I didn't have this very specific goal in mind of why I'm doing this. I just knew yep. if I did it and if I leaned in into it heavily, ultimately there would be some payoff whatever form that took at some point down the road. I will say what I have seen happen is about three years ago, Jake, I was I was kind of an anonymous sales rep. 
my brokers knew me, some of the people in my peer group knew me, but I wasn't this guy that had any sort of brand recognition personally. Over the course of three years, you know, got in the sponsorships. I went to a, a seminar a couple of weeks ago, literally the point where I couldn't walk around where without somebody like wanting to shake my hand or say hello or love the podcast. And granted, in my niche, right? Yep. Being, and being nominated for being an influencer in the space. And that all happened in a very short order because I just said, I'm going to be consistent about this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but if I get better over time, if I get better you know, guests over time, I make the production better. If I keep leaning in and reinvesting into it, I, I know nothing but good will come from it. And, that, and that's really all it was about. What would you give for an executive or a C-suite individual right now who's, maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's something else, but they they haven't been publishing and getting their, yes. their thoughts, their brand out there. What are kind of your recommendations for them getting started both from a where would you get started? What would you even think about to get started? And then from uh, maybe an encouragement standpoint. Well, so get started is, is actually really simple, Jake. We all have those iPhones in our hand that make it very, very simple to record a video, edit a video and upload a video in one, in one fell swoop. So, you know, I always talk to people about like the worst thing or the hardest thing to get over is the fear itself. It's not that you're going to do poorly or that you're not going to look good on camera or any of those things. It's just like everything that's in your head is stopping you from doing it. But none of it's actually reality when you, when you go and post, especially LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very friendly place, yep. very professional place, very forgiving audience. And, and people support each other on there. Maybe more toxic locations like a Twitter, TikTok, TikTok. I don't do much Twitter, of those. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, of course. Um, but I don't I don't really operate there. And so I would say once you get over that that mental roadblock that you have, then you just need to decide what you want to talk about. I, I had a lunch with a gentleman two days ago, a younger guy, but he's a small business owner. He's like, Man, I know I need to post content. I know I need to post content. And we were just consulting around that. And he's like, Well, I have this idea for 20 levers you can pull to do X. And I'm like, dude. You have 20 clips you can post. All you have to do is shoot them every day for five days a week for four weeks. You now have a month worth of content. All you got to do is go shoot it. And I'm like, I yep. guarantee if you post those, you're going to get a great reception. You're probably going to grow your followership by double over the course of that time. All of a sudden people will recognize you. All you have to do is do it. So whether it's video, whether it's pictures with a message underneath them or just text or the lowest barrier to entry, which is comment on other people's posts that you like or other professionals that you want to be in their ecosystem, just do that. But you have to do something because like as Andy Neary, my buddy says, if people can't find you, they can't do business with you. And you don't want to be that guy or gal that cannot be found, even if you have a great product or service. Yeah. And that, that makes a really good point of you can get started simply by going out and engaging and connecting with others. You don't necessarily yes. have to be immediately posting yourself. And I think that's where some people tend to get hung up on is, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to create. Sometimes they do like the person you had lunch with, like they've got an immediate piece right there, but, uh, but a lot of people don't, but going out, commenting, engaging, that's honestly how I got connected with a handful of people uh, locally in the DFW area is just through that. Commenting on my post, I would check out their profile, we would connect, have back and forth, it starts to build that and, and you get to know and recognize people for that. So I, I really appreciate you kind of sharing that piece. My for friend. anyone who wants to check out the show, learn more about what you're doing, where's the best place to one, find the show and two, to get connected with you? Well, so to find the show is pretty simple. Um, I'm on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. You can Google self-funded 
So S-E-L-F, like yourself, and then funded with Spencer. Um, I do have SpencerHarlandSmith.com, which will also drive you to those places as well. But if you just Google that, you know, depending on what platform you want to engage with the show, easy to find me there. LinkedIn, especially though, Spencer Smith. And then I do have an acronym CSFS after me, but this is my face. So if you see that face on Spencer Smith, you'll know who you'll know who it is. So definitely connect with me there. I'm I'm, you know, my tab is open with LinkedIn almost all day long because it supports my sales initiatives. So if you instant message me or DM me there, I'll be able to respond pretty quickly or I'll add you. Happy to do that. Um, otherwise, man, I mean, that's really the best place to start to start a relationship with me. Uh, don't spam me. That's all I ask. I hate it when people add me and then spam oh, me. Right yes. away. It's the worst. Um, start a relationship with me first or comment on a post or whatever, but I'm happy to add you and happy to connect. Dude, love it. And we'll be linking not only to your show, but the episode we did. Uh, so for those that are like, oh, I'm not really in the insurance space, I'll know. Check yeah, out the episode and conversation yeah. we had to get a feel for it. Uh, but Spencer, man, I really appreciate you making time to come on the show this week. My pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.